Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, it's producer Lynn here with a special mini-sode for you. Our team is working like little fat justice elves on season six, which premieres in two weeks on December 3rd. So today, we're bringing you all a little course in fat history. This mini-sode is from our Patreon series, High Fat History, where Sophie and friend of the pod, Alex, at Smug Liberal, smoked some legal dope, and I did some research and taught them about historical fatties, from William Howard Taft to Ms. Mama Cass. Today we want to share with you our mini-sode on Guatemalan indigenous rights activist and Nobel Peace Prize recipient, Rigoberta Menchu. We all learned quite a bit and haven't forgotten Miss Menchu in the years since this mini-sode, and I hope you like listening to all of us go, whoa. A quick reminder before the episode that we have a voicemail box at 213-375-5023. You can call that number to leave questions, comments, and ideas for the next season. We want to hear from you. If you're shy, you can always email us at fyi at she'sallfatpod.com. And in case you haven't heard, we're running a Patreon drive through the end of the year. When you join our Patreon at Team Paisley, Mumu, or above, that's $7 a month, we'll send you our sweet body posy sticker sheet as a thanks. And if you want to see that sticker sheet and the rest of our collab with Stylish Sista, you can go to stylishsista.etsy.com. We'll link that in the show notes. All right, now here's the episode. Content note. This episode contains brief descriptions of violence against indigenous peoples, genocide, murder, and the displacement of indigenous peoples. Sophie and Alex, they're the main event, not me. They both got high and Sophie just ordered Postmates and now we're going to talk about historical fatties. And this week we're going to talk about indigenous activist Rigoberta Menchu. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, are we excited? Yes. Have either of you heard of this person before? No. No. Yeah, I hadn't either. And she was on a list of uh, like indigenous activists who are like, so important who no one's heard of so i was like classic damn um and i'll link that in yeah that sounds cool i want to read that but so basically she was a mayan kichi activist um born in a mayan community in guatemala in 1959 oh my god that's boss Um, 
yeah. Any any knowledge I on Guatemala in nineteen fifty nine? No. But I do think it is interesting that people like don't realize that the Maya people like still exist. Like people think of them as just yeah. like a Oh, I think I was literally taught in school that they quote unquote went instinct. Right. Like that yeah. kind of thing. It's like, no, there's still Maya people right I think now. I said went instinct yeah. and I meant to say went extinct. <laughs> yeah. But I, I hope the patrons will forgive me. They'll get it. Oh, they'll forgive you. Yeah. So the context like specifically for like this Mayan community in Guatemala and like probably a lot of indigenous communities in Guatemala, colonizers were waging civil war on the Mayan community um, because they wanted their space. Sound familiar? Wow. Um, Never heard that story so before. Socio- <laughs> so socioeconomic conditions in the community were really, really rough. This is a quote I found. By the time a peace agreement was signed in 1996, 1996. Damn. So we were alive. Yeah, that was the year I was born. 450 Mayan... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we're, I'm just old enough now that, that that I can hear that kind of thing and be like, whoo, I'm old. Okay. <laughs> we all knew how old I was. Okay. So by the time this peace agreement was signed, 450 Mayan villages had been destroyed and over 200,000 Guatemalans were murdered and 1 million people were displaced. Wow. Um, so this is like a super long... Murdered. Civil War, it's crazy. It's crazy. And, like, the Mayan village, I mean, the Mayan community was, like, decimated. Not destroyed. Not extinct. Not instinct. Wow. <laughs> I'm glad they're not instinct. Um, but I'm sorry they were decimated, and that's... That's awesome. Yeah. It's really fucked up. But going back to Rigoberta Menchu, um, like, from a young age, she would travel around with her father doing activist work for the community, Um, since conditions were really bad. And basically what they did, they like taught rural farmers what their rights were. And they started gathering people to do activist work with them. And this is huge. I mean, she's like a like little girl, um, like traveling around with her father, like mobilizing against the government. Like that's crazy. That's terrifying for like an adult man. And it was like young Rigoberta with her father. What amazing bravery. I know. Like, in the true Um, sense of literal bravery. Yeah. I mean, she probably didn't, you know, that, like, that was just, like, what, that was just, like, what she was doing. What she was doing, right, yeah. I I think that's, like, what her parents, or at least her dad, like, that was the M.O. Yeah, so, and it, it, it becomes harder from here. The government did not want the activists to succeed, um, obviously, and then in 1980, during a peaceful protest. So at this time, Rigoberto would have been... 21. 21, yeah, yeah, yeah. During a peaceful protest, her father and 37 other activists were murdered. (gasps) During a peaceful protest, were murdered by the government. And her mom and her brother were both tortured and murdered by the Guatemalan army just because of this association with her father, who was, like, a peace activist acting within his rights. And then... Menchu f- uh, fled into exile uh, because she literally, it's like incredible that she escaped. Like she would have been murdered Dang. by the government. Yeah. Dang. So once she fled into exile, uh, Menchu continued her activist work. She always centered the Mayan community in Guatemala and spoke out about um, the governmental terror. No one knows about like Latin America slash like. Well, anything that isn't like white, white American children. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get taught about that. Yeah. 
No. Yeah. I mean, look, even and, I got went out and got a degree in history, right? And we, the way it was structured to get your degree was you had to take three classes in American history, three classes in European history, and three classes in other. Yeah. I mean, that's literally oh how God. a progressive state-funded university, I, mean, I went to UCLA, like that's how they structured that degree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure that's so not it, different from other. No, I, to be honest, I'm sure it's probably more progressive than plenty of other <laughs> yeah. universities, which probably let you just take Western white history classes the entire time. Dang. But it's gross, right? I mean, it's it's yeah. it's a little sad that I, I don't know shit about this at all. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I, I, I didn't either and I still don't. But, like, I mean, all of this knowledge that we do have that I'm, like, looking at is from people like um, Riga Retromenchu, like, uh, indigenous people who, like, had, they were the only ones who, like, you know, knew and, like, had firsthand experience, um, like, in this particular, like, civil war. We're talking about it. She received the Nobel Peace Prize in 1992. I hadn't been born yet. Uh, for her Me social neither. justice Sorry, work. Sophie. Yeah, I like <laughs> For her social justice work um, in regards to indigenous, pe- indigenous peoples. She's like still like pretty young. She's like 40 at that time. Pretty cool. Or le- le- younger than 40. She's like 30. She receives the Nobel Peace Prize. She was able to return to Guatemala in 2007. Wow. And she established her own foundation which is called the Rigoberta Menchu Tum Foundation, which works to continue Menchu's support of Mayan communities and genocide survivors seeking justice. It's freaking so cool. So basically, like, she, like, left Guatemala, but, like, she was not about to forget about, like, the work that she was doing there since she was a literal child and, like, about the injustices that happened to her family and her people. So three huge things that her organization did were... They led a trial against the former dictator of Guatemala. Incredible. They found a police officer guilty of the massacre that had killed Menchu's father and the 37 other activists. Wow. Yeah, they like, he's guilty. And they led the case of 14 survivors of sexual violence during the war. That's called the Sepher Zarco case. So it was like, she, the second she could go back and right these wrongs, she did which is sick. It's a great commitment to justice, right? I mean, justice in the very yeah. traditional institution-oriented sense, but like yeah. I to see any justice at all after that kind of an environment is really impactful and to be the person who yeah. is creating that. I mean, especially after I mean, didn't you say she went into exile in the 80s? I mean, to be yeah. in exile that and many then, years and still mm-hmm. be like trying to work on the ground, trying to get stuff back, like trying to make yeah. an impact is it's so impressive. Yeah. And, like, without, I mean, she lost all of her family, and I'm sure that she wasn't, like, I don't, I don't have any information on um, what kinds of communities she was able to find, like, once she left Guatemala, but I'm sure that they were not, like, the same pockets of, like, Mayan communities that she'd been familiar with. Yeah. Um, and especially without her family, it just sounds really hard. Dang. Yeah. So she has, I'll talk about more of the cool stuff that uh she did a little bit later but um we should also talk about how she's fat hell yeah how fat is Whoa. she fat cool. i never know what you want me to say <laughs> that's so it man. that's it <laughs> i pulled up a picture of her she looks yeah pull up a picture she's great. so cute like yeah she's really cute i love her oh my god she has such like a yeah. nice face 
Yeah. She does. She just. Okay, I finally found a body shot. She's not that bad. Well, she's fat. But she's fat. No, she's fat. I'm not Mm. asking you to get a real answer. I'm sorry. That was a dumb comment. To be like, I pulled up a full body. No, I'm not asking it to be like, is she fat enough to be called fat? It's it's because I'm like doing the, I'm doing the, you know, Lynn, are you too young to know the like dumb, uh, like stand up call and response? No, I know that. Okay, okay, that's all. It's just like that used to, I feel like it's a reclamation because they used to be like, She's so fat. And then you'd be like, how fat is she? And then he'd be like, she. Like, yo mama's so fat. Yeah. She da da da. She broke up. Blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah. my God. Mm-hmm. You understand? You get it? <laughs> Everyone get it? Your mom's so fat. Um, they praised her on the She's All Fat Patreon miniseries. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> New love jokes it. for the playground coming at you hot yeah, and fast. We'll be right back. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. And we're back. Anyways. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. So glad we're talking about jokes because this was actually a huge thing. Like, the reason that I picked this person to talk about. Um, is because she's basically, um, like, a celebrity, like, in Guatemala, um, obviously. But there's this whole strain of fat jokes about her and, like, general, like, oh, like, she can't be sexually desirable because she's fat and because she also um, chose to be unmarried and not have kids. Like, she... like has publicly like taken the stance that that's just like not what she wants to do and so there are just she has like a lot of things going for her that make it perfect for um like gross people to hate on her really misogynistic oriented shit yep yeah absolutely and i'm gonna link to this really cool article i found that's about it's literally called rigoberta menchu jokes and the outskirts of fashioning identity a lot of them have to do with um the like rap that women some women in guatemala will traditionally wear here's a quote if gender and ethnic power differentials in guatemala have meant that women in traje i don't i think that's traje traje uh traditional covering garb are traditionally supposed to be powerless then the rap signifies something else when it covers the body of rigoberto menchu one joke would see her disrobed and the ants the joke is like why did Rigoberto really win the Nobel Prize? Because she's, like, unwrapped. She's an unwrapped Indian, quote-unquote, which basically means, like, articulate and well-spoken or undressed. So it's, like, a little pun making fun of, like, Mm. her being, like, different, i.e., like, exiled at the age of 20. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> it's just, it's sad. Um, that's I've like never, I can't believe I never learned about this. I took classes about like activism and shit, you know? Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. It's just a shame that she can accomplish so much and yet, of course, have to be like reduced to her body. Like it's such a, yeah. it's such a textbook example of like objectification bullshit. It mm-hmm. just makes me sad. Yeah, like all, like this, there's a whole article of just like jokes about her. And it's like, mm-hmm. What if we focused on anything else? Um, Downvote. There's also, like, um, a lot of question around, like, her potential, like, queerness and or, like, there's, like, weird transphobic stuff where people would be like, oh, like, you know, like, if she's wrapped, it's, like, hiding her penis or something like that, Um, which is also, like, tied to, first of all, like, transphobia, like, you know, like, women Mm -hmm. have to have vaginas, whatever. And, like, because she's, like, a woman in power, like, she, quote, unquote, like, must not actually be a woman. Who is, who, does, did you read any of the paper or skim it? Like, who is the group that's making, that these jokes are common in? In newspapers and stuff. Like, it's, it's a lot of, like, uh, like, a Guatemalan newspaper comic. Um, Yeah, or just, like, the the writer of this. Yeah, the writer of this thing that I'm taking these jokes from, it's just, like, commonplace language like commonplace like jokes that people like tell her on the dinner table yeah and then just to end on a note of like things that she did and not the jokes that were made about her Riga Berta Menchu founded the political party uh WINAQ W-I-N-A-Q which is the first indigenous-led political party and she ran for the president of Guatemala twice wow and she wasn't elected but that's like crazy, right? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's and it totally boss. is like the like justice narrative, but like actually in a good way. That's cool. Like returning to the place where reclamation. You were like, yeah, yeah. I love that. Right, like imagine being exiled from your country and then getting to come back thirty years later and like be a serious, legitimate Run candidate for president. for president. That's crazy. Yeah, it's like Lenin, but um. good. <laughs> nice. Check out uh, our new series, Lenin But Good. Um, <laughs> and then in 2013, the Autonomous National University of Mexico appointed her as special investigator within its multicultural nation program. And she continues to seek justice for all Mayan people impacted by the genocide. So I think that that's her most recent, like what she's doing is like working um, at this university in Mexico. Wow. I guess maybe the people who make fun of her are people who are, like, not indigenous Maya people who, like... Oh, yeah. They're, she's like... She's, like, fighting against or something. Yeah. Interesting. They're the Guatemalan people whose ancestors um, uh, murdered all of the Mayan people. Dang. I don't know that... I obviously don't know that much about Guatemala and, like, the history yeah, of I it. Yeah, not either. But yeah. this is making me want to get a book about her and maybe Guatemala. Yeah, I was just yeah. Googling yeah. while this is happening and saw there's a cool children's book about her really? and that kind of stuff makes oh, me really happy I love that. when you like see that like children now are getting access to yeah. a broader range of heroes than we had like there's only so many fucking children's books on eleanor roosevelt one bitch yeah, needs exactly. Yeah. Like, exactly it's That's it's awesome. a pretty lame yeah. narrative so like I'm this is better to learn more about her this is cool yeah, yeah. I, I my mom um, is a kindergarten teacher at a montessori school and she has one of those like good night stories for rebel girls books and she reads like one every day 
and I was thinking about like how, and I mean, she, it's like a class of all genders, whatever. But I was thinking about like how different it would have felt to be like a little girl in a classroom where you're like learning about exclusively learning about like women yeah, that'd doing be really cool, cool things, yeah. even though everywhere else in your life, it's like, girls can't do this. And they can be like, well, Malala, like, did all, you know, yeah. like, it's, yeah, it's not just, like, Eleanor Roosevelt. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. It warms my heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know this was, like, kind of a heavier episode of um, Fat History. That's not a pun and... about our weight. <laughs> Ayo. Sorry. Um, and um, that's that's not to say that there isn't, like lighthearted fun stuff about no we were um, just listening really intently because we didn't know about her so I was like really yeah that's the thing yeah (laughs) just like that was awesome because we're just like learning and also yeah a lot of the other people we've done well not a lot of them but all of the like royal people we've done it's like they're monarchy we can make fun of them whereas this person I'm like like, these moral forces of (laughs) I'm like no she just sounds cool Right, like, yeah. it's fun to make fun of people who suck. Yeah, it's exactly. not fun to make fun of people yeah, fun who of are wonderful. And, like, thanks yeah. for educating us, Lynn. Like, yeah, I, awesome. I feel really inspired. Hell yeah. Yeah, read more about um, Rigoberto Menchu. Also read more about uh, Wilma Mankiller and Annie Dodge Juanica. What's up, Alex? Wilma Mankiller is awesome. You should really look at her. Like, everyone should Google yeah. Wilma Mankiller, and not just because her name is the coolest fucking name. And yeah, that's all I'll say on that. But Wilma Man cool. Killer is a fucking boss activist. Amazing. Hell yeah. Thanks, Hell Lynn. Yeah. Yep. Bye. 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 She's All Fat was created by me, Sophie Carter-Khan and April K. Quio, who graduated. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show so we can grow the family. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions at fyi at she'sallfatpod.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 213-375-5023 and we might even play it on the pod. Our episode ads are done in partnership with Acast. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, you can get started at acast.com. Our theme music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish, and our logo is by Hannah Sanger. Lynn Barbera co-produced and edited this episode. Yelly Cruz is our magical junior producer. Our thin crony forever is Maria Bertel. I'm our host and co-producer. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Stay safe. We love you. 